one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students. To belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. My name is Mike Falkenstein, and I'm so glad that you're with us. Ken, we're, uh, we're here in the week of Christmas and uh, it's a it's a it's a fun time, and that Christmas is a really great time. It is, you know, and I think it's funny because I always say it's my favorite time of year, and it is from a you know from family and the different activities that surround it. Truly, we should be in this mode all the time. I think every time we probably would talk about Christmas, we'd say as a Christian we should be thinking about this all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, but the festive traditions uh, of Christmas, yeah, right? uh, being able to go watch a great Christmas program uh, that maybe your church puts on or maybe another church puts on or uh, something downtown and all the lights and, you know, there's something to be said for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there really is. And I've always thought it's, you know, if you've got neighbors or friends that aren't normally churchgoers, it's always just a great time. Generally, you know, people will say yes to those those very kind of things and you never know the kinds of conversations that it might, you know, bring out. And so... Yeah, and I know yeah. you didn't expect me to bring this up, but you saying that just triggered this. That so our church did a Christmas program. Uh, you know they do it every year, mm-hmm. but this year, uh, and as it relates to our intent for this program, right? Uh, made for missions and, yes. and outreach and the Great Commission, inviting people to know Jesus Christ. Um, they did something fantastic. I've never seen it done before, and I got to just share it with you. Oh, please. Um, and people at uh, my office had invited other people to go to this program who okay. are non-believers. So this was a tremendous opportunity. We didn't expect it. So we went. I've always worked backstage. This is the first year in 11 years that my family actually sat down and watched the show together as an audience member. Oh, okay. And you know they had produced a film that kind of went in and out of the different songs that they performed and you'd see little you know clips of this film as it went on and in the film there was an angel character right who kept uh he was a normal human being to us on screen right but he was obviously going to be an angel he kept giving an invitation to the different people he would meet okay invitation was a blank piece of paper that said you're invited and when you opened it it didn't say anything well when you walked in as an audience member you were also given an invitation and it was folded up in an envelope and the envelope had all kinds of writing on it and inside the envelope was one blank piece of paper that said you're invited okay so during the show you go through this whole thing and coming towards the end of the show the pastor had got up and gave a very brief message of why jesus came right and he's inviting people to know christ as their savior and then he comes off stage a song begins they're showing the last piece of the film and it shows everyone opening up their invitation and this light inside the invitation lights up okay well as that happens everybody in this audience of some you know, 4,000 people, 
their laps light up and you look and the invitation that you have actually has something that's written in it and it's only visible by the black lights that they've placed in the ceiling uh, okay. of this massive church. So everybody who is a non-believer, never been invited, just heard the gospel presentation. They're going to, you know, they've just heard about Jesus Christ and why he came. They look down in their lap and this blank piece of paper now has a scripture reference to Christ coming wow. for the salvation of the lost. Wow. It great? was amazing. It isn't was really, great? truly cool. I mean, just and, the technical, <laughs> what you'd need to be able to do that. Yeah, right? I wish I knew who thought of that. It was brilliant. Yeah, and then I was going to say the imagination yeah. to do oh, that yeah. and i mean the whole room lit up this giant church the whole room lit up with these invitations in everybody's laps and everybody was just uh just amazed that oh, right. that this happened it was magical That's it was great. really cool and truly christmas and the gift of christ is a, what we would call magical it's a, you know in a in the vernacular it's just an amazing thing that we can't really fathom and yet it's a, it's so simple uh, right yeah that's and beautiful right. yeah so. that's right that's right well and hopefully we pray that that yeah led some people to you know examine christ even further yeah. and you know that's i'm right. sure, i'm sure with kind of the the the, the what, just what it was it it had to have it had an impact, right? Absolutely. People were crying. It was a it was a very emotional uh, invite. It was very cool. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, and see, that's the kind of thing you can do at this time of the year and, yeah. you know, to be able to, yeah. And I'm sure many of those people who were there, well, a number of them were invited by others and, you know, so that's a great, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It is a time of year when you can uh, really reach out to people that you might fear reaching out to at other times. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's a comfort level there. That's right. Yeah. Because Christmas, with the even with the maybe the beating that it's taking right now, and just kind of the, in our country. Sure. You know, uh, it's still a national holiday, and you know, people are generally pro Christmas. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and all over the world. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. Well, uh, thanks everyone for, for being with us. Uh, we, we've got this um, series that we've been doing, and we're calling it the Great Commissionless Church. And uh, over the last several weeks, we've been doing a sort of the reasons a lot of times that we see a church that is just disconnected with the Great Commission commands. And again, our heart is not only to bring these uh, to light but mainly to encourage uh, folks to, you know, to church leaders in particular to, uh, to take those commands seriously and to recognize that there's just a lot of opportunity to be involved in uh, the church. And this week, as we examine another reason on uh, how does the church become a great commissionless church, we have reason number three, which is that, uh, and I see this all the time, Ken, I think you and I have been talking about it, uh, some leaders of churches settle with what I would call partial obedience. And I was just telling you the example um, recently about uh, a church that I heard about that was interested in sending people to a community center that had a food bank and to volunteer, which that's fantastic right I and mean, that's right. that's at least a partial hey we're gonna we're, we are going to go outside of our walls of our church uh but they hadn't trained their people on how to share the gospel mm. and even how to share the, how to share their testimony and 
that's just common, isn't it? Sometimes we put the cart before the horse, maybe. Yeah, I think that is true, and uh, and and probably you know I think I even I get excited about going and being able to serve in your local community, and sometimes you know you get caught up in serving, mm. um, and you know, and we do forget that we we're serving in order to make a bridge to be able to share Christ. That's and right. Tell people that you know they're really lost and they really need Jesus, you know, more than they need the coat, uh, yes. more than they need the food. That's uh, right. But it's the reason that we came. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, and that could lead us down a whole other trail, and we'll, right. have to, we'll have to talk <laughs> about that again. But uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but I, I'm actually trying to learn kind of the more compassion side of that. I mean, I'm sure. much more of a, hey, we can feed people, but if they, you know, if they spend eternity out of, you know, away from Jesus, kind of what good did it, did it do? Uh, there is something to be said about just... Feeding. feeding. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But that's the bridge. That's yeah, what I'm talking right. about. Yeah, you got to build yeah. the bridge. That's right. Um, I, I do think that that's, it, that's part of the calling too. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, that is the calling. And so I would say as a side note to all of that as well, that in this one example of partial obedience, and we'll talk about several and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to people, but as an example to that, the thing that I think I most a lot of times I'm most surprised about in this whole this whole deal is actually how easy it is to to share your testimony and to learn a very simple you know gospel illustration. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised sometimes how many Christians are just afraid to to even learn how to do that. Yeah. Much less do it. And actually the the testimony part of it is just your story, right? It's just, right. here's who I was before I got to know Jesus. Here's what happened when I had that encounter with him. And here's what my life is like today. And, yeah. you know, it's not it's not all that hard. And as I think you'd agree, once you begin a lifestyle of learning it and sharing it, it just is easy for it just to kind of become a part of kind of who you are in that. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think, you know, what goes through my head is, you know, probably the the fear for many is, how, well, how do I start that conversation? You know, it's not necessarily uh, I that I mind sharing my story. It's, well, how do I start? You know, how do I, uh, do I, do I say, hey, let me, uh, let me tell you a story? <laughs> you oh, know, right. Or, um, hey, I want to introduce myself and, uh, you know, and tell you a little bit about me. Or is it, uh, um, hey, do you know Jesus? You know, um, can I tell you something about him? I, you know, it's just a, I think a lot of people get perplexed with the idea of mm. being able to talk. Now for me, I'm a person who has no problem talking to people. Oh, right. Uh, you know, I just, <laughs> I'm a talker. I want to know you. I want to know about you. And you know, you may think I'm weird for wanting to know you, but I just want to know who you are. Um, because our past crossed, you know, and, right. uh, and in that it's pretty easy for me to go into a dialogue about Jesus why for me, you know, it's, it's pretty simple to say I was a wreck and, and how I'm uh, less of a wreck now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that people are intimidated by the idea of just initiating communication. Oh, right. Right. And certainly that does need to come up in some way, come up naturally. Yeah. Uh, there is sort of an awkward, awkward way to do that too. Right. Just because yeah. sharing kind of whatever out of context or something, yeah. you know, but I, I love your coat. Are you a Christian? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so 
Uh, so what do we want to say about this? I think, you know, as we mentioned before, some churches uh, focus on evangelism even, uh, as another example, without, you know, teaching. Mm-hmm. And so I've often said to, I've said to, 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 to uh, church leaders a lot of times, at the very least, you know, you ought to have some kind of a quarterly evangelism class, you know, mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, certainly all your members should be able to share their testimony and like the the illustration that I often use in the gospel is what we call the bridge illustration. Right. And there are six points to that. And so, you know, it's not all that hard to memorize those points if, you know, if you take a little time to do it. And then, you know, once you memorize it, you know, then you just have it. I think some churches emphasize discipleship, but they don't evangelize, which is another uh, another area to, to encourage folks. Um, you know, the... Actually, you know, I've had more experience sort of the other way around. The story that I often remember uh, is through my experience with the Navigators ministry, uh, the founder of that ministry, uh, Dawson Trotman, um, sort of had this story on kind of how he got excited about discipleship, which was he had a real heart for evangelism. And he began seeing people a year later that he'd led to Christ the year before. And uh, they were no further along in their walk with Jesus than they were initially. So mm. certainly there needs to be both of those things, right? Yeah. So so there needs to be both evangelism and discipleship. As a nav- navigator staff, by the way, we were we were we were focused primarily on discipleship, but you got to have new believers to disciple. That's right, right? So you got <laughs> you, you have to do both. Yeah, that's right. And Christ didn't say, you know, I'm going to teach you 12 and then together us 13 are going to hang out and talk, yeah. talk about the same thing. And, uh, you know, then we become like all the other philosophers in the world, right? We just go in circles and keep talking about the same thing over and over. Yeah, that's we, right. You know, I, I'm I'm sending you is, is what he said. And yeah, he, that's he right. he did send them and, and they effectively preached the gospel. And here we are today, thousands of years past, um, still talking about and sharing Christ. And that's the way... Uh, he wants it until the last one is reached. Until that day, we don't know. That's um, right. But I think also it's important to uh, to emphasize just in the communication about the, the maybe the fear of the approach and all that kind of stuff that there you know a lot of churches might say hey we're going to really teach you how to uh, reach into your community throw community q and a parties or whatever and i've heard this you know where pe- oh. people get together and say hey it's we're open to talk about god and any question is valid and we're not going to argue it we're going to actually throw things on the table and kind of communicate about it and be open about it and and then there's the people who have like the game night and invite people over and say hey i'm going to have a game night but i'm going to I want to have everybody over so we can get to know each other, but I do want to talk about God. I do want to talk about our, my faith, my family's faith and our church. And, um, and then there's the invites and there's all these different things. And, and I just want to encourage everyone that yeah. all, all those are great. They are fantastic. All, all of them are great. It's not a, mm-hmm. it's not a, uh, which way should we go? How should we evangelize the people? How should we share Christ? How should we ask them if they're Christians or if they've ever heard the gospel message before? Um, how do we initiate contact just initiate it. Just, just, you know, I think that all of us can take to heart that every one of these tools is effective in communicating that we have a desire to love on and care for our neighbor. Um, Mm -hmm. and in that we love them and care for them enough to share that with them, the most important thing they could ever hear. Yeah, that's right. And and at that point it is their choice. It's their desire. 
And uh, when people say, no, it's okay, God can, can work through that, God's working on them, other people will come by, and after a while, you may have the people who say, you really believe all this stuff you know, that you yeah, keep sharing? Right. I heard somebody else tell me, and I just think there's a reason I keep hearing it. I know that there's times in my life when I've had those same, you know, little calls in my you know in my heart that oh, say right. uh, there's a reason i keep hearing this there's a reason i keep doing this you know oh that's right yeah. that's right that's that's good to bring out so well ken let's uh let's take a little breather and take a little break and uh, we're kind of at that time in our program and so uh let's hear from our friend tom muller uh, when we come back i've got a couple of other examples of uh leaders that settle with partial obedience and you know i actually like kind of what we're doing today we're bringing this the uh, points to light and then just write kind of on the spot uh giving some encouragement so sure uh, so we'll take a little break and uh, thanks everyone for being with us and we'll be back in a bit hi i'm tom moeller as a pastor or ministry leader you know the value of having congregation members excited about god's work both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the Great Commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at mikefalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way. Well, Ken, uh, we're, we're uh, having a good conversation here, and I'm, I'm thankful that we're uh, able to, uh, to talk like this together. You know, I was just thinking about uh, what you were saying about people being uh, fearful sometimes and about sharing, and yeah, all the examples that you bring out are fantastic. And, you know, the interesting thing about a lot of these game nights and parties, and on one hand, it's, you know, it's... It seems like it would be, it seems like it would be easy to do, but it certainly takes a bit of faith too, doesn't it? I mean, it takes us. Yeah. Okay, God, I don't know how this is all going to turn out, but I know you've called me to to reach out to some folks. So right, and that and it's not everyone's gifting to be that that person to reach out that way. That's right. Um, but even though it's not your gifting to be the one who reaches out for the game night, um, it's still your obligation as a Christian to share Christ, to share yes, the good news, that's right. to go and make disciples. That is, you know, as we go back through all this stuff, that's the point of our program, right? Is to uh, encourage people that we are all made for missions, that we're all uh, obligated to the great commission. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though we may feel uncomfortable, do it a different way, but we, but we have to, we have to reach people. That's yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Kind of as a uh, continuance to that, I think another area that I see partial obedience a lot of times is congregations who focus either on just the local community and not internationally, right, or vice versa. There are some denominations that are real particular about kind of feeding, clothing folks locally, which that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But what we see in uh, Acts chapter one 
you know, in this verse we've talked about, Acts 1.8, is uh, Jesus saying, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so, mm-hmm. so that is also kind of partial obedience too, isn't it? I mean, there yeah. are, there are people who need Jesus everywhere. That's right. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and, you know, and I can personally, you know, that, uh, that holds some some merit in my life, right? I mean, we've done local missions mm-hmm. work. We have we have not gone overseas. Um, I, when I'm called to that, I don't know, mm. um, but I definitely know that uh, I, I I feel like I do communicate well with people one on one. I do make friends easily, right? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, it's easy for me to talk to people. It's easy for me to serve people. Um, so I don't think that that's right for me to keep that right here in Denver. Yeah. Right. You know, I think I do need to go bring that elsewhere as well. And that's not a pat on the back for me. That's just acknowledging that I do think we're all called to, to move as the Lord should move us and, uh, and be obedient to that. And, and as we go through this process of our program, you know, I, I feel that in my own heart too, you know, what's, what is on the horizon for us? I mean, we have, oh, right. we have a baby on the way here very shortly. Yeah. So I don't know that it's uh, something that my whole family gets uh, to go do now. But you know, but when is it for us as a family, or what, is it just me at first? I, I don't know. Oh, right. You know, I think that people all wrestle with that, and so I wanted to be open and share that I wrestle with that too. Yeah, know? that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. And I know you've talked about yeah your your heart to do that, and it'll be neat to see how. How God leads you in that way, yeah, and where, so, yeah, and where. That's right, that's right. And fortunately, there are a lot of uh, you know opportunities. Uh, even at because I know a little bit about your church. They know mm-hmm. they've got all kinds of level one or level two type trips. You know yeah, where you can just right. go and kind of starter kind of things. And so, but as you were talking, what I was thinking about too was um, you know just how intentional we have to be in this as well right yeah. that it's, it just doesn't come <laughs> and it's sort of the not a motto but it is sort of a a theme that we see in the christian life right as i often t- uh, have a heart to teach people about spiritual disciplines for example mm-hmm. and you know to spend time in the word and in prayer and having an annual time of fasting and to be able to do scripture memory i mean all that takes they're called spiritual disciplines for a reason, right? Right, right. Yep. and so in some ways, kind of great commission and obedience or great commission fulfillment. You might even add that to a, a you know, a discipline. Yeah, it just doesn't come. That's right. I mean, you have to be intentional. That's right. So, uh, as well as you know, raising kids and uh, <laughs> you know, it's just easy to let stuff slip. Yeah, as, <laughs> the, I think especially in you know in our country, um, our our culture provides for some comfort levels that. I think it just makes it easy for us to get busy enough and sidetracked enough and comfortable enough uh, that even when we're doing uh, a lot of things, uh, maybe you know, maybe sometimes that writing a check or getting involved in small things feels like it is, you know, the the food about to fall off the plate, sort of. But it, you know, um, I think there's there's time to move some food around and make room on the plate and and you have to pay attention to that. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, well, you know, I hope this has been an encouragement for folks because, you know, we're really interested in mobilizing you towards the Great Commission, uh, helping you see uh, ways that you can uh, see full Great Commission fulfillment. And, uh, you know, I guess I would just say as you continue to pursue these things, uh, Ken, even as, uh, as you've mentioned, you know, it's just easy to I mean, we want to be as good as, at this as we can, right? And we yeah. want to we want to see full full 
full fulfillment, but it just it's just it takes some some intentionality to do it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, as you said that, it's going to make me circle back to what we started talking about too is that again it's, it's so easy in this program for us to go down a, a road that's re- related but yes. it's still a tangent um from what we talked about but we talked about fear in evangelizing um and how do you approach it uh so that you're not fearful and things like that and i think uh, another point and i know we'll have multiple programs yes. on this in the future but another point is you just said um you talked about being good at it good yes. at something i think one of the greatest fears that we have in evangelizing is that we will fail Oh, uh-huh. Uh, that we will invite someone to Christ and they will say no. That's right. <laughs> and then, that happens. And then what do we do? Right. <laughs> you know, then what? We've completely failed. Oh, uh, uh, right. But the truth is, is that you haven't. And, and, and you know what? Maybe sometimes you will. Uh, maybe sometimes you're going to stumble over your words and you will. I can tell you that uh, personally, I just in, you and I have talked about this story before. I My dad is not a follower of Christ. Mm. Uh, he's a wonderful man. He does not love the Lord. He does not believe uh, the mm. same things I believe. Mm-hmm. And I remember my father battling cancer, having pneumonia, being in the hospital, and literally uh, at a point where we thought he was on his deathbed even. <laughs> and I thought, for sure, this is the time. Oh. And my dad's going to hear me share the gospel. And I, uh, with with tons of people praying uh, and preparing all the way on an hour, hour and 15 minute trip down to see him and sitting down and sharing the gospel completely out of love for my father. Mm. Uh, he was very quick to say at the end, uh, uh, I appreciate that son, but I'm, I just, uh, I just don't want to make that decision. Oh, <laughs> and I'm thinking, but you're dying. Oh, you know? right. <laughs> um, and I, and I felt like a complete failure in sharing the gospel. Um, but the truth is, is that I told him, uh, that Jesus loved him and that he died for him and that he was his salvation waiting for him, mm. um, that he had open arms for him and, uh, that I have all the love for my dad. And I wanted to know that he would be in heaven, uh, reconnected with the father who created him, uh, and selfishly that I wanted to know that, uh, that maybe I would see him in heaven. Oh, right. Um, and you know, in that, that, that showed me that, you know what, you, you told him the truth. He didn't accept it. Uh, and you have to realize that that's, it's not always going to work the way you want it to. That's right. Because, because at that point it's in, I mean, you've done your part. It's I mean, in God's hands. It's in God's hands. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and I will continue right. to share with my father. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to encourage people that because we always want to get it right. Yes. It doesn't mean we always will. That's um, right. And it doesn't mean even when we do, we're going to have the results that we think should come from that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories I could share about that, but you know, the one I always think of is back when I was first early on, you know, late twenties doing ministry, campus ministry. And we had this thing where we'd always uh, share the bridge illustration on a pizza box, mm-hmm. you know, in the dorms in uh, at Colorado State University. And so we were training this, you know, student who'd become a Christian to do the same thing. And she just so, I mean, just messed it up big time. I just didn't get any of the things that in order, you know, uh, in terms of the illustration and the whole deal. And yet we were in this guy's, you know, this dorm room and he said, oh, so you know, Jesus died for me. And I mean, he, he had it all right. Yeah. Even though she just completely messed it up and she even, you know, 
accepted Jesus that night. And so, That's awesome. you know, so even in the times when we think we're getting it wrong, you know, God's still able to use us if yeah. we just go out, go, go out on faith. So that's right. So anyway, I guess that's the great way to end that. And, you know, that, you know, as we're obedient to the part that we're supposed to play, you know, God can, yeah. God can take care of the rest. That's right. He's big enough. So anyway, well, thanks so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We're so glad that you're with us and hoping that uh, it's a been as a uh, encouraging to you as it is to us to to be doing these episodes and again uh, we'd love to hear from you I'm at uh, missions Mike on Twitter uh, Ken's at uh, Ken Watmore and of course you can leave uh, comments on my website uh, mikefalkenstein.com and uh, we'd love to hear from you we know that we've got folks on iTunes that are listening and so we'd love to have you come and join the conversation as well so Thanks so much for joining us, and we're looking forward to having you on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. And Merry Christmas. Yeah, Yeah, Merry Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.